What's up? You're hanging with Nostalgia. My name is Patrick Sheehan. I'm hanging out with my co-host Dave Martinson. Dave, what's going on? You know, I don't make podcasts for free. I make them for freedom. Wow. How are you doing? When Chance was on Ultralight Beam, he mm. said, let's make it so free and the bar so hard that there ain't one gosh darn part you can't tweet. Mm. And gosh darn, there ain't one part you can't tweet. Yeah, man. Uh, our podcasts are just like, see it, you can't see them. <laughs> Audio only. We should just do this, this the whole time. <laughs> just only speak in Chance verses. Uh, we're going to get to Chance later. We got a pretty packed show. I think first we want to address something that was at the beginning of our show last week. Yeah, good news. So, Dave, you fought Universal. Fought the man. And you won. I did. So tell, tell everybody what happened. We uh, resolved our copyright dispute with SoundCloud. SoundCloud re-uploaded both tracks, which I had obviously deleted one of them, and uh, replaced the album artwork. So episode 11, our Drake discussion about views and Drake as an artist, XXL freshman hip-hop cover, which is about mm-hmm. to be released, and also some out-of-date Captain America discussion. That is all back at SoundCloud.com slash NowStyleJapod. So if you didn't miss that out, please give it a listen, because I really liked our, our Drake discussion, and the double XL talk was funny. Yeah, absolutely. Please go listen to that. Dave didn't do all this work. He, he didn't become a martyr just for you not mm-hmm. to listen. So yeah, yeah. you owe it to us to share it with all of your friends. Have them listen too. Also give us a rating on iTunes. Yep. Search Nostalgia. We're the only Nostalgia on iTunes. Well, there's a direct link right at our SoundCloud page. There's also direct links to us on Stitcher and Google Play. But iTunes review would be great. Thank you. Thank so you got a lot of places to find us. We're going to start talking about Call of Duty and Battlefield. We talked about Call of Duty a couple of weeks ago, talking about how Call of Duty Infinite Wars is going to be a sci-fi war game. Yeah, yeah. Well, back then it was just rumored. It wasn't known yet. And now it is confirmed, right? Yeah, in Call of Duty Infinite Warfare by Infinity Mm -hmm. Ward. A few weeks ago they had the trailer drop. And we didn't talk about it then, but now we have the Battlefield 1 trailer by DICE, of course. Battlefield said World War 1. Mm-hmm. So I figured that interesting contrast was worth bringing up. Yeah, and I think our, I think our discussion a couple weeks ago, I think you were a little bit more excited for the futuristic mm. aspect of Call of Duty, and I was a little bit more along the lines of, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. And this move kind of went in a different direction than both of those. Right. So there have been World War One, World War Two games in the past. Mainly World War Two, World War One. As a first-person shooter, not too popular just because trench the warfare. general thinking before was exactly that. Trench warfare, slow fighting, right? limited automatic weapons. Right, and, and actually the uh, the chairperson of EA basically turned down the idea when it was first pitched to him. Yeah. And he only accepted it after he played a demo and said that this will be fun to right. play. Right. So we aren't the only ones who think that this might be... This is an interesting... Well, at least I think it's an interesting move. I can't yeah. speak for you. I mean, what what do you make of them going in such a totally opposite direction? I mean, I, I really like it just because if Battlefield... If it was just Battlefield Five, sequel to Battlefield Four present-day military shooter. I don't think that would have pushed the needle enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would have been on current gen, you know, it will look great, a lot of stuff, tons of people in your game, all the great stuff that Battlefield does. But going back to Battlefield 1, just a whole new setting, I think that really gives the opportunity for it to feel new and fresh. Now, if it, mechanically, if it's just the same game, it still feels like, you know, how Battlefield always does, won't have as big of an impact. Either way, though, the fact that it's so different than Call of Duty this year, which is going farther in the future than it ever has before, the fact that they're so far apart, I think, compels people to play both games, which is a good thing for everyone, I think. 
Yeah, and I think kind of along the lines of what you're saying, it makes a lot of sense to create that niche, to create something different within such a looted field where it can seem like a lot of the games are very similar. So I think Battlefield will have at least a lot of interest. Success will come if the game is good. At least it's in a good window. At least it's in the middle of October. So uh, before Gears Four, so it's a, it's a it's out ahead of Call of Duty. It's a good good release time, I think. A lot of shooters this year, so it'll be interesting. So following along with the video game discussion, there was a trailer a trailer that came out this past week for Assassin's Creed. Yeah, Assassin's Creed. Fassbender, the god, the yeah. real god, Fassbender. and also Marion Cotillard. Yes, they're both for reuniting. Fame. Yes, of course, they're reuniting from Macbeth, which came out last year the same director is directing this movie. Assassin's Creed, there's no game releasing this year. They're actually taking the year off, which is a great idea. Avert that franchise fatigue, make a better product for 2017. Love the move. But yeah, the movie, like most video game movies, no one was really excited for just because of the reputation. But trailer opened some eyes, I'd say. Well, it had Connie in it, so it definitely opened my ears. That was generally poorly received. (laughs) I liked the choice of I Am A God from Yeezus, track three. I thought it sounded cool, especially it wasn't so much Connie's lyrics, it's just like the uh, the instrumental. Exactly. I thought it was cool, but everyone's like, oh, well, it doesn't really fit with Assassin's Creed Spanish Inquisition thing. I'm like, okay, fine, but it's a cool trailer. Did Bohemian (laughs) Rhapsody really fit Suicide Squad? (laughs) It's nowhere nearly going to be that lively or that fun. But they were just doing it to send a certain message, so I feel like you can't have it both ways. Exactly. I digress, though. It looked cool, which is the main point. It does look cool. I don't know if it looks good. I'm not sure. Something that troubled me as a fan, as a player of Assassin's Creed, is that uh, the executive producer, Pat Crowley, recently stated that the game takes place 65% in present day, 35% in 15th century Spain. Hmm. The movie does. The movie does. Now, that's pretty much the opposite of the game, where the game, the old thing that compels you to play the game is experience that historical setting, wherever it may be. And that seems to be kind of the opposite of what we're doing mm-hmm. here. In the games, that's always been the coolest part. That's real, the real-life sci-fi aspects about how they're actually going into the past and, you know, visiting your ancestor. That was never that interesting or that cool. You just wanted to be in that, that, that period time of time. Period. The movie, for me, has to do a lot to make me care about this present-day story. Obviously, like Fastbender and like Cotillard, but... It needs to be cool. So do you expect them to be basing it mostly in this time period as a setup for like a possibly a franchise movie down the road? Probably, yeah. Which is actually interesting because I think using Assassin's Creed as a vehicle for a franchise is is a good idea. Mm. You don't need to have Fassbender for every movie. You can have a different lead. You can Mm. have a different supporting actor. It'll establish the scenario, I guess, with like Abstergo. It's like the company, how they go back in the animus and go back in time. So I guess establishing that in this movie, as long as this movie does okay, we get it released in December. December, pretty close to Rogue One, so I'm, I would like them to push that back a little, uh, push that up a little bit. Mm-hmm. It was up to me. It'll be interesting. It has a just judging by the trailer alone, it could be the best video game movie ever, solely because most video game movies are atrocious to the point where there's not even that many of them. Like like Super Mario Brothers, that was a great movie. <laughs> Super Mario Brothers, Dragon Ball Evolution. I uh, think Super Mario Brothers actually has Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li. <laughs> um, the, all the Resident Evil movies, were those are okay, I guess. One of the castings that I was really excited for was Michael Kenneth Williams is in this. Uh, Omar oh. from The Wire. Oh, yeah, yeah. Milky White from sure. uh, Boardwalk Empire. Empire. Yeah. So he, I think he'll be great. I'm and uh, Jeremy Irons was in it, too. Yeah, Jeremy Irons has him written down, too. So. Good cast. I'm going to post this question to you. Mm. Uh, Angry Birds is coming out this year. Warcraft is coming out this year. Mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed's coming out this year. Yeah. What would be a video game franchise that you would like to see made as a movie? Mm, good one. Lots of choices. 
Uncharted on PlayStation. Uh, Uncharted 4 just came out, being very well received. Nathan Drake, an Indiana Jones of sorts, very compelling guy. I think mm-hmm. that that could it sounds easy to adapt to film successfully. I think that's a no-brainer. My personal choice would be Halo. Hmm. Uh, Xbox, of course, but Halo's been in talks. Peter Jackson initially attached to that back in the day. Really? Never got off the ground. Bioshock never got off the ground. Gears of War never got off the ground. Forgetting a bunch of them. That, that's the problem with video game movies. Is there's always good concepts, and they never go anywhere. Usually right. the scripts never get finished. What would you think about Grand Theft Auto movie? That's an interesting one, because Grand Theft Auto... With Vin Diesel starring. Grand Theft Auto <laughs> is basically all about like American masculinity, and... That's kind of something that we already know and see all the time in film. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how a GTA movie exists without feeling super generic and just... It's like the Expendables in the real city. Like, I don't know if anyone wants that. Another one I thought, what about Fallout? Mm, Sure. I feel like Fallout would be interesting, especially with the new game where... I guess I'm biased because I like that they're in the Northeast for that game and Mm -hmm. they're basically around... uh, Fallout 4 is in Boston. There's definitely a lot of good ones. I think Bioshock was a great choice that you made. That'd be a really interesting story. That I think could pretty easily be adapted into a movie, has some good... I think about Uncharted is Uncharted, off the bat, probably sounds less expensive. Because it doesn't, like, right off the bat, Gears, Bioshock, mm-hmm. Halo, there's a lot of CGI, a lot of effects you need to do. Even if you want to go practical, like, it's just going to be expensive to make these movies. Mm-hmm. I think Uncharted could be on the cheaper end. I also, I think, just my 12-year-old self always wanted to see a Legend of Zelda movie. Especially oh, of course. After, after Ocarina of Time. Every, everyone says that all the time. I mean, Nintendo recently, I just before you say that, Nintendo recently talked about doing some properties in that light. Even if they did Zelda animated, just doing it, period, I think would be a big hit. So, uh, well, like, also, um, Metroid Samus would be yeah, another one, too. that would be a really good one. There's a lot of good properties. Someone's got, got The problem with this year, right? Angry Birds was pretty successful last weekend overseas. Made about $43 million in Europe, Africa, Middle East. It'll open this week, Friday, day of release for this episode, of course, mm-hmm. in America. Should do fine, right? It's an animated movie. It's tracking well. Sure. Don't really see it as a video game movie per se, so much as I see it as a kid's movie. Also weird that it's doing this well, considering it seemed like the Angry Birds window for success was a long time ago. Angry Birds is still popular, but not nearly as popular as it used to be. Mm-hmm. Problem is, Angry Birds won't kick the video game trend. Assassin's Creed and Warcraft, I think, both need to do good. Problem is, I don't have a lot of faith in Warcraft. It looks very CGI heavy. The dialogue that I, that's in the trailer is not nothing too great. And if that, that looks like an expensive movie to make, a lot of CG. If that flops, then even if Assassin's Creed does okay, it, nothing changed. And that's my fear with this year. Well, I, I think we'll definitely see. And I think as Hollywood's looking for some fresh ideas and mm-hmm. trying to move away from just doing re- remakes all the time or sequels, video games right. will definitely be dug into more for storytelling. Speaking of storytelling, there were a couple of albums that came out over the last couple of weeks. And mm-hmm. we're going to touch on, I think, all of them at some point. Mm-hmm. But the two that I think we wanted to start with were Kay Trinata's 99.9%. And Chance the Rapper's coloring book. Right. Why don't we start with Kay Trinata? Mm. So he's a producer with Haitian and Canadian background. Mm. He is a, called a SoundCloud star. He basically dropped sure. a lot of remixes on SoundCloud, and that's how he became very popular. He's 23, and he drops his first album. He actually produced a song on Chance's coloring book. Mm-hmm. All night. It's funny that Kay Trinata is a is a SoundCloud star because I mentioned in the Double XL episode two weeks ago about Lil Uzi Vert and he's another SoundCloud star on the hip hop end. Mm. But SoundCloud has recently been getting stricter 
on DJ mixes on the platform where they're being harder on anything that's not 100% your rights, you know, even if you're not profiting off it. If you're making mixes, they're being a lot stricter on it. So someone like Kate Trinata probably would have a harder time being successful if he just started his career now. But nonetheless, here's his debut album, and everyone really likes it. Yeah, it has a really interesting sound to it. And I, I think one of the things that, that stood out to me, because it's a very chill sound throughout yeah. the whole thing. I mean, there's, what, 15, 16 songs? There's only four tracks that don't have a feature on it and everyone that does have a feature the feature isn't the thing that stands out it's always the beat it's always the 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 direction and the way that the song is structured that i think makes it such an interesting and unique album i think especially and i know we're probably gonna talk about this a little bit more but a great example is the song glowed up with anderson pack which i Mm -hmm. anderson pock sorry which i think is one of the like biggest hits off this album it's a song that halfway through totally changes yeah it basically stops and totally changes it's one of those songs you look up are surprised that the song didn't change because you just assumed the song changed it's weird right and i i think that that is something that you see throughout is songs like songs like together with luna george which Mm. is basically just i love luna george i mean luna george is is awesome i I love her doing uh work with disclosure especially i think Mm -hmm. that they made a white noise is one of my favorite disclosure songs but right that, I mean, that whole song is basically all hook. I mean, it's and it's it's not a traditional song. You have Luna George, who's a rising star in music right now, mm-hmm. and you're not really even using her to pimp the song. It's just as another instrument, almost in a way. And that's the only part that really lacks on this album, too, is, is the, the lyrics are pretty standard for a hip-hop album. Yeah. Vic Mensa on track five, Drag Me Crazy, he starts out good, and then he just kind of like falls off the song. He's not even there anymore. Packs there. Sid the Kid, formerly of Odd Future, is on here. Fonty, funny enough, is here. But overall, it's kind of sparse in the features. And that's fine. The album's an hour long. Big takeaway is it's just so cohesive. It doesn't really feel like there's much filler. And EDM with also, you know, soul. Cl- clear hip-hop right. Yeah, soul, funk, dance. It's really, I, th- I think we said it's really chill vibe. And I think, like you said, one of the things that really keeps it cohesive, and I think off-air you compared it to Flying Lotus, yeah, is that definitely. it's not so much about who it is, but it's more about what it is. And mm-hmm. this is such a cohesive sound, even though it is so strange and yeah. kind of disjointed at parts, which actually works really well with this kind of music. Yeah, yeah I like 99.9% by Craig Chinata more than Flying Lotus's most recent studio album called You're Dead. That album was only about 38 minutes long, but it didn't feel nearly as cohesive. But it's very similar. Flying Lotus is kind of a similar guy. He's more on the producer end. Craig Chinata is obviously still on the come up, obviously getting really well known. But definitely a guy to watch for, and as you can tell via his production on Chance's album, he's uh, getting noticed a lot more, and he, um, you'll see a lot more of his beats in the future. Kate Trinata, definitely a rising star, but Chance is an established star. Mm, yeah, you could say that. Coloring Book, it's his third real, I guess, proper album, but if you include Surf, it'd be his fourth release. Yeah, well, I mean, he he worked, collaborated on Surf, but it's really Donnie Trumpet's mixtape, The Social Experiment. His mm-hmm. band, his band that he right. tours with and makes a lot of music with, it was really their debut album, and he's on about six or seven songs that help make and write and stuff. So he's very involved, but I wouldn't attribute to one of his projects. Coloring Book dropped pretty unexpectedly last Thursday. I mean, I, I think he, uh, we knew there was going to be an album sometime in April. Yeah, there was rumblings that it would be April. Well, uh, he even said it in a concert. And then he posted, publicized the uh, picture, right. the, the album art with the three on his hat. And we mm-hmm. sure that was the final 
image it turned out it was tenant title was chance three of course because it's right. third you know official mixtape and then he drops it and triumphant pretty great I, I definitely want to continue the, this discussion after we get into the meat of it but with the other releases that have come out this is such a stark contrast i think just in terms of tone mm-hmm. and it's it's a really welcome one too because this is a really warm inviting and I think the the word I come back to is triumphant for this mm. album. I mean, it starts off with Kanye uh, appearance, basically re- repaying the favor to, to Chance. More importantly, the Chicago Children's Choir. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they, they they get top billing on it. But I mean, it, it's it just starts off the the trumpets in the beginning basically set the tone that this is going to be an album that even though it's it's really heavy gospel sound. Yeah, it it's not going to be just about that. It's going to be about chance growing up chance discovering who he is now in in terms of all these changes in his life right there's a lot to dig into here where do you want to start well yeah like you're saying like, i think there's only three main genres it's obviously it's a hip-hop album through and through right but it's also super gospely and also a lot of jazz in there too yes so it's a really interesting sound and i the thing i like so much about this is that it, the album not to read at the same point as before but it's cohesive it sounds like a, a project that was thought put into and uh, yeah like you said it's really triumphant I, I think it just makes you feel good it's not like acid rap his last project no. it's not that same quirky minimalist style but it is similar to his more recent music you mentioned surf big song from that sunday candy with mm-hmm. chance similar to that obviously ultra light beam right. similar to that his song with macklemore on macklemore's new album called need to know very similar to that so you, I think we kind of known Chance was going in this direction for a while. I mean, as a guy who was like raising money for and getting coats for kids in Chicago for the winter, right? right. Like we've known that he's like, seems to be like a really good guy and he wants to do more through his music. It's just really interesting to me that how how revered he is for a guy with only three mixtapes to his credit, none of which were for sale. Even though technically you need to have Apple Music to listen to this initially. Yeah, I mean, I think only Kendrick can rival him in terms of in terms of being a critic darling at this point. I mean, yeah. I think everything Kendrick does is seen as a, a positive and a smart mm-hmm. career move, and Chance is pretty much the same. Yeah. Uh, speaking about his his verse on um, Ultra Light Beam, which I think was really his proclamation that you know he's about to take over the world. I, I almost feel like Ultra Light Beam was taken from this recording and put on there because that Perhaps, it yeah. sounds so much like it belongs yeah. on this album. I also think it's interesting, just this is my last Life of Pablo part before I decide mm-hmm. to not talk about Kanye for the rest of this podcast and maybe mm-hmm. the next, like, ten podcasts. The whole reason that the Life of Pablo got held up was because Chance was so adamant that Waves had to be on the album. Hashtag thank Chance. It makes so much sense because Waves, it seems almost like it's thrown into the middle of the album, which is so full of like paranoia and like darkness and right. then waves is so positive and yeah. it, you can just tell that chance is like yo you need to throw some positivity in your yeah. life remember the good thoughts i think there's like almost a lyric about that in right. one of these songs well, that's the thing like life of pablo is a hip-hop album with like gospel like overtures and stuff chance's coloring book there, there's some gospel in here like your favorite rapper is a christian rapper right it's clear that the god influence is there but the, the album is a great listen all we got it just Kanye's super auto-tuned uh, contribution to the song is all right. 
It's it's kind of catchy. Yeah, yeah. The, the project starts really upbeat with that song, and then No Problem, which I think is fantastic. With, with Lil Wayne and yes. Two Yes, I, I just want to say I think it's still amazing that Lil Wayne uses the uh, the lighter flicking sound before, before every single oh, yeah. verse. It, he does. It's like his ad lib. It's 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 amazing. Yeah, I I don't want I want him to always have a lighter with him. So if I ever talk to him, he can do that right before. Yeah, some speak. of his best rapping in a very long time too. So shout out Chance for that. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it's also interesting that this two Chance had some funny lines too. Song kind of about not being held down by a record label when he's in such a yeah. record label dispute with Free Weezy. So yeah, and, and Two Chains is on that song as well. And then we move on to Summer Friends. Mm, Jeremiah. Um, with, yeah, Jeremiah and Francis and the Lights. Mm. And then Dram, which is a song that I guess I haven't really gone back to listen to much. But Yeah, well, it's really just highlighting his name is Drum. He's a Drum. He's like a rapper-singer. Okay. Who opened up for... I first heard of him when he opened up for Chance's last tour last mm-hmm. fall. The tour was Chance... Tokyo, who's on the song Bieber on this project as well, Drum, and Metro Boomin, obviously, the very hot producer. Mm-hmm. Metro Boomin, don't trust you. You know, you heard yeah. it in our intro until recently. <laughs> until recently. <laughs> but yeah, his song Cha Cha, Drum's song Cha Cha, it's a dance hall song. A lot of people think that's the inspiration for Drake's Hotline Bling. Oh, interesting. So take a look on that. Uh, you'll find it on YouTube. It's his most popular song. So. This is why you listen to Nostalgia, for yeah. little tidbits like that. Yeah. For, for more tidbits, follow us on Twitter at <laughs> NostalgiaPod. So what other songs on this album jump out to you? I don't want to just go through and read. Sure. Well, it seems like Same Drugs is super popular. A lot of people's favorite song. It, it's just because of the subject song. matter. I think it's fantastic. Angels, which is a single that is probably like six months old now, featuring Saba, who's another Chicago rapper. I think that song's great. It's one of the best bars. Great production. I really like that song. There's a music video out for it right now. It's pretty cool. Mixtape really surprised me because Lil Yachty is featured on this with mm-hmm. Young Thug. Two weeks ago on our Double XL Freshman list, I briefly name-dropped Lil Yachty. Yep. But I'm not a huge fan of his music. I never really liked him, and I was afraid that this song would not be that good. But he comes with like some great, a great he verse. It. I thought he'd be great. <laughs> it, I was really, it, really impressed. Honestly, I thought all three of them together. I mean, I had never heard Lil Yachty. Mm-hmm. I thought... Chance and Young Thug was going to be interesting. You know that I think everybody is Young Thug, right. Right, who I don't know. Yeah. So I thought Young Thug was going to be interesting, but kind of reading a review, I thought it was a great point that it's a song called Mixtape. Mm. Chance is one of the only people that cares about mixtapes, says he cares about mixtapes yeah. at this point. He actually put in a petition to the Grammys to consider mixtapes right. for awards this year. Grammys don't consider any music that wasn't for sale. That's their current criteria, but allegedly they're considering it. And both uh, Young Thug and Chance and... I guess Lil Yachty, I don't really know much about him. He's new. All have kind of taken more roundabout ways other than being signed by a label to really grow right. to start. Well, Thug is signed now. He's on he, But he wasn't money. for a while, right. if I remember yeah. correctly. I mean, I, I, I know so much about Young Thug. Yeah. Uh, don't, Thug don't, don't challenge my Young Thug now. He does bro. say real words. <laughs> the thing about the whole mixtape thing, though, is I think it's kind of a dumb distinction nowadays because... I'm going to call it an album. An album like Coloring Book, clearly, this thing went through sample clearances. Yeah. This thing is completely mixed and mastered, even though the mixing on this album you could call out in certain areas. But it was mixed and mastered. Same with If You're Reading This Is Too Late. Yes, exactly. Sample clearances. I think nowadays, especially with Drake, you're only calling it a mixtape so you can avoid the pressures of it being an album, even though you're putting so much, just right. as much care and effort into the project, like, like you would an album. So I think it's a, kind of a dumb distinction nowadays. Also... 
Chan says he wants it to be free, and it is, as long as you're paying nine ninety nine for Apple Music. And beyond that, I mean, when you think about what what it means to be a mixtape, usually you're making it low budget, just taking right. samples and, and rapping over. It's beat. usually hosted by one DJ. He, he has uh, Apple's thrown so much money behind Chance to be able to to make this music yeah. without having to be actually signed by a label. Right, and that's the, that's the big takeaway about Chance's success is that Chance really went farther than anyone really did. With really nothing, he just had up until now two mixtapes, and off two mixtapes, he didn't charge a dime for it. No label backing at all. He's been on SNL multiple times. He's been on multiple magazine covers, toured all over the world. He's really done a lot mm-hmm. off the mixtape, and I think really that's his main point. And unfortunately, Color and Book is under a different set of circumstances now. But shout out Chance for really pushing forward as an independent artist with not even an album to his name, technically. I think you mentioned Same Drugs as being one mm. of the most popular yeah. songs. And I, I mean, I think it's probably my favorite song in terms of subject matter, but also just in terms of I love how it's piano driven. It doesn't sound like typical, which I don't think any sound like a typical hip hop song based on the, the heavy gospel backing. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the things that stands out is that when Chance really taps into those that, that Saturn material in his life, that seems yeah. to be when the songs that he writes connect the most. Like Summer Friends also. I mean, a song that yep. has those undertones about, you know, like violence in Chicago. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, just to, the whole subject matter about, you know, you have some friends you have people yeah. that move away people and that you losing your to. youth right i think that he's really able to tap into that and mm. write verses that are unique yeah. but also straight to the point which is yeah, kind of yeah. hard to do yeah same drugs it's not really about doing the same drugs just right. about drifting away from someone as you get older exactly but yeah the good thing about this album is it defies hip-hop norms but still respects them mm-hmm. which is huge if you want the album to be accepted Juke Jam, speaking of that, those kind of messages with Bieber and Tokyo, speaking yeah. of the super emotional songs, I really like that one too. I'm happy Tokyo's on this too because he's a guy who released a mixtape called Wave Theory last summer. Chances on two songs on there, Vic Mensa song one too. Mm-hmm. Interesting rapper, uh, upcoming from Chicago as well. So happy he gets some shine next to the Biebs coming in on the chorus. Yeah, and I think with someone who has a star of Bieber putting mm-hmm. him in a song, a lot, of times he, a lot of times he can steal it, but almost in the same way that Kate Trinata basically sees whoever is featured as just another instrument, their voice just being an instrument to it. Right. Justin Bieber pretty seamlessly comes into this and fades right. back out. He doesn't really steal the show, but I think he really does add a lot to the yeah. song. And if you didn't know, Justin Bieber and Chance have a song together before. Confident. It's a Justin Bieber song on journals, I believe, featuring Chance. There's a video for that, too. So that's a really good song. So they already had that connection. Just to show you, this, that, was, that song is over two years old, and Chance the Rapper was on a, on a Bieber album. So he's been <laughs> rising for a while. Yeah. What did you think of Smoke Break? Mm, the future? Yeah, it sounds all right. I feel like future kind of drowns out Chance because Chance is auto-tuning mm-hmm. to the point of sounding like future, but you're not going to out-future future on, your, on, his, on a track like that. Unless you're designer. Unless you're designer. Yeah. <laughs> panda, panda. Anything else that stands out to you that you think is important to talk about? I mean, the fact that he has a J Electronica feature on track 11, right. how great. J Electronica. J Electronica freaking killed it. J Electronica is technically like one of the best rappers ever. Exhibit C, which came out in 2009, I want to say. Most people consider that one of the best raps of all time. He's signed to Rock Nation with Jay-Z. Problem is, he hasn't released that album. He keeps saying it's coming, and it doesn't come. So now he has he's under this impossible hype, this impossible weight of delivering that amazing project. And unfortunately, there's no way he meets Can those expectations really? now. But exhi- listen to Exhibit C. Just 
he, he raps in like six different languages on that song and still rhymes like the dude dude's insane he's not young either he's like 37 so the fact that Jay Electronica is on there a rare feature he doesn't make a lot of music because he's making this album that we haven't had that's just noteworthy how great I thought was actually one of the songs that stood out to me. Maybe it's because Jay Electronica was so good on it, mm-hmm. but uh, something about that song just, just like really... it's good like gospel. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I guess that's the other thing is that before the life of Pablo started with Ultra Light Beam, mm-hmm. and then the Coloring Book comes out. I never really realized how catchy gospel music really is, and, and how I really needed it in my life. Yeah, and this and this type. Yeah, uh, I, I totally agree. <laughs> shout out to the watch pod but andy mm. greenwell said i didn't realize i wanted to be christian until i listened to yeah. coloring book three your favorite rapper is christian rapper there's yeah. <laughs> actually um chance tweeted about his disappointment about this but a song leaked that didn't make coloring book that was recorded during the session it's called grown ass kid mm-hmm. featuring mick jenkins and alex wiley two double xl freshmen <laughs> in my opinion two weeks ago talked about him that song i think is really really good and it didn't make the project so you can find that on soundcloud anywhere just give it a quick google Grandma's kid could listen. One of the things that I think, just thinking about this album as a whole, that mm-hmm. really stood out to me, high on life. It is high on life, but it's also a, I think a, there's little bits, and you piece the other little bits about Chance through it, about mm-hmm. what he's going through, yeah. about how he basically the story is he broke up with his girlfriend, found out she was pregnant, they worked it out, and now he's trying to be this great father, boyfriend husband whatever yeah, he is exactly. right now mm-hmm. and he's also kind of struggling with what it means to be a father but also finding a lot of joy in that i think i've just been in a david bowie mindset since the beginning of the year mm-hmm. but it actually kind of reminded me of david bowie's album hunky dory which i think is a lot a lot more about the struggle of becoming a father but just the overall like the overarching themes seem to mm-hmm. kind of fit although chance definitely finds a lot more joy yeah well exactly going off that joy this album so uplifting and just not happy go lucky there's a lot you know sad sad subject matter but the Mm -hmm. the album is really spiritually upbeat and it's kind of the antithesis of views because drake's album is really all about drake sad because he's rich and doesn't know what to do right so obviously totally different situations but it's just very interesting that uh you know how uh, not polarizing but how upside the spectrum these two projects are in terms of what they say and how they sound yeah and i think i think that's actually a great point because views is probably the biggest album that came out this close to this album being released oh, I mean, in terms yeah. of hip-hop and this million is million sales sales already i can't imagine after hearing coloring but why you'd ever go listen to views it touches on a lot of similar subject matter but in so much more of a fun way I feel I feel like there's even parts, and I can't think of the song. It flows. Exactly. It flows a lot better. It does flow a lot better, but I feel like there's even parts where there's like a, a little bit of that Caribbean dance hall sound. To one yeah. of these songs, I can't think of which one it is exactly, but it's just so much more uplifting and just seems so much more fun than listening to Drake sip Chardonnay in in a corner and be sad. Mm. Crystal, I guess I'll give him that mm. sip and Crystal. Yeah, right. That's probably right. <laughs> Listen to our thoughts on Drake and views. Uh, we'll go into it for quite a while. But yeah, it's definitely interesting listening to one after the other. Uh, Pitchfork gave us a 9.1. Which is really high That's high, really high praise for them. Yeah, if you wanted to criticize this, uh, some people are saying like it's not the sequel that Acid Rap deserved. I, I mean, I understand what you mean because you loved Acid Rap so much and you wanted a, you know, logical next step. But at the same time, it's very clear the past two years or so that Chance is moving in a different direction. And Chance didn't want to make the logical sequel to Acid Rap. And this album is so much, is so much more cohesive and it's so much deeper. Like, Acid Rap is great, great mixtape. Love it. Mm-hmm. Last songs on there are really timeless. But 
what he goes into on coloring book is just so much bigger, and clearly Chance wants to do bigger and better things. He already has been. Think about so, if Kanye was still making the sequel to College Dropout. Yeah, it, you you, you <laughs> need to you need to change direction. You need to explore your creativity, and that's what I mean. Chances he's not a high schooler anymore. He's not. No. He didn't just get kicked out of high school. Well, or, that, that that was his first mixtape. Right, but then he didn't just do a bunch of acid and make exactly. Songs. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, it, it makes so much sense. And with I'm what, not saying you can't criticize this, but I'm saying like it's a logical progression. Whether you like the progression, that's up to you. But don't like call out the quality just because it's different, right? And uh, I think I think that's actually a really interesting criticism because if you think about all the artists that we really uh, revere nowadays, that we really hold in high esteem, mm. almost none of them do the same project twice. Oh, obviously not, um, because they they would become boring and stale. Which is I think well, yeah, that's the whole point. Which is the whole reason that rock is struggling so much right now because people struggle with wanting what they had. And not wanting to change into something new, mm. um, which I think we will someday have a, a more in-depth discussion about the problems with yeah. rock and roll right now. I have notes on it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything else you want to say about this album? Just uh, definitely give it a listen. Supposed to be free, chance. It's a mixtape, but you took it off datpiff.com, which is a mixtape. So it was. It was still pretty cool that he put it on datpiff. It's going to be on Spotify soon, so right. You don't have to gosh it. Get Apple Music. Listen to Grown Ass Kid. Song that leaked. It's on YouTube. It's on SoundCloud. It's just the leak. It's out there. It mm-hmm. doesn't get taken down. You're not doing anything wrong by listening to the song. Really good. And you'll see why I like Mick Jenkins and Hans Wiley on there, who were double XL freshmen in my book. I think that we've talked enough for one week. If you like the podcast, please go rate us. Go to iTunes. Go go to SoundCloud. There's a link to our iTunes through there. Yeah. Listen to all of our podcasts over again. Give us more clicks. <laughs> Share with your friends and family. Definitely listen to the Drake one if you missed it. Yes, uh, Drake views, uh, hear why I don't think Drake's a very good artist. Dave, if people want to hear some of your terrible Yankee takes on Twitter, where can they go follow you? There's really nowhere to find those takes. They don't exist. <laughs> but if you want to find excellent Yankee takes, you can follow my sports podcast at soundcloud.com slash mercy rule, mercy mm-hmm. rule pod on Twitter. But if you want my personal tweets, at Martin Swagger, M-A-R-T-A-N-S-W-A-G-R, follow the show on Twitter at NowStylePod. Let us know if you have any ideas or feedback or anything cool or bad to say. Yeah, absolutely. Hit me up at, at Sheeny World Peace, S-H-E-E-N-Y-W-R-L-D-P-E-A-C-E. 